Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Now you have me singing. Now I have you singing. Nice. We Listen, apologize to all the listeners out there. Who really are connoisseurs of good singing. Never did we promise that we would have good singing. Julie, hmm. your voice is heavenly. Don't short sell yourself. Oh, well, of course. Let me think of, let me work on those thoughts for myself. Well, welcome back to another week of Casa de Confidence, folks. I am your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, with her amazing sidekick, Daniel Cito Collins. Hashtag handsome hot husband. <laughs> yep. Welcome to our neighborhood today. Today, it is the 17th of January, Martin Luther King weekend. Oh, I, I still have the reverb on from the song. Let's turn that down. Oh, okay. Hey, now we sound more normal. Oh, there's no reverb, huh? Hmm. So, big things happen today. Yes. Yes, we, we, okay, not finally, that's not the right word. I have been informed that uh, we are going to undertake a renovation of the Casa de Confidence studio slash the Go Confidently Services headquarters At- office. <laughs> That's but a I mouthful. Made, I choked you. <laughs> you choked me. <laughs> Casa de Confidence Studios at Casa de Collins. <laughs> and the headquarters, <clears throat> the world headquarters for Go Confidently Services. Oh, so, wow, there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, you didn't give me a choice. You just said, yep, yeah, this is what we're doing. It's happening. You, yeah, you we're going to no- switch things around a little bit in here. So, And my brain is like, danger, danger. 
You're so, switching things. So What's going to happen? We ordered desks. Yes, yes. that's plural. <clears throat> desks. Desks. Because Dan need doesn't to, have a desk. We need to get Julie another chair, too, because I'm constantly having to edit out the sound of her chair creaking during most okay. of these broadcasts. So I'm going to say that the first thing, and, and here is a lesson for all of us. Mm. Um, when change happens in our life... Change. Our brain is immediately going to go into an overwhelm pattern because we are comfortable with the familiar, even if the familiar is causing us distress. Mm. Our office is crowded. A mess. A mess. It's crowded. Um, it is inefficient. It's inefficient. And I really like, like, okay. I like efficiency. And I First like of all, pretty. let's let's get this and let's I like get this pretty. settled right I now. I like pretty. And I don't like all the wires all over the place and And that is inefficient also. It's so, inefficient. Yes, it's, and it's, it's not pretty. Things. Honestly. I don't like the treadmill in this room either. Yeah, I know, but we, it's not like we can put the treadmill <sighs> anywhere else. I've got ideas for that. You're not gonna like it. If it involves the treadmill being in the basement, I don't like that. It involves us bringing it upstairs. What if the second floor doesn't hold it? What do you think we live in? <laughs> it's a house. Yeah, I know. But what if the second floor is not equipped for a treadmill? When this house was built, they didn't have treadmills. People walked outside like human beings. Human beings? Beings. Like string beans? Oh, be quiet. All right, whatever. Oh, sorry. Anyway... Garbanzo. Garbanzo beans. That's your favorite kind of beans? That's my favorite word for beans. Hmm. Garbanzo. Garbanzo beans. Anyhow. Anyhow. So, yeah. So, we, stay tuned. You may see the renovation, the situation. And if you... I was told that I need to document this on social media by my marketing manager, Juliana DeLuca Collins. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, because I am not going to document it. I am just going to live through it. And I'm going to have a hard enough time... <sighs> making myself calm over it and it's not that it's it's not that i don't want it because i do i want you know some efficiency but oh. also the other thing too that's going to you know happen i have found out what? through our marriage though what have you found out through our marriage you always want it why you gotta go to innuendos people may not enjoy the innuendos what no i was talking about improvements in the house mm, yeah whatever really, julie mm -hmm. oh my gosh this is not... Uh, it's not that kind of podcast? Get your mind out of the gutter. Hmm. Okay. Okay. The other thing that is a little... Um, hmm. What is the word I want to use? The other thing that causes me a little bit of panic and stress over the renovation is that I am going to be giving up my desk. True. And there's some sentimentality attached. And we're not going to go into why there's mm. sentimentality attached to the desk, but there is. There are some times in life where sentimentality can hold you back from improving. <sighs> um, but I am a sentimental being. But there's yes. nothing wrong with sentimentality. But sometimes um, you realize that something might be keeping you from going forward. But I it's agree. just a thing. Listen, I wanted a couch before we order two new desks, but I guess, uh, alas, I'm not getting a couch. 
And I, you alas. know, alas, for now. Alas. Alas. Da-da-da. Alas and a lad are getting a couch. <laughs> I am so sorry, people. You know what? We should do something about talking about our guest today. What do you think, Julie? Oh, wait a minute, though. You know what I haven't asked you in quite some time? Why don't you ask me? What are you drinking today? Mm. I am drinking tea rose tea. Tea rose tea rose tea? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's called English rose tea. I thought tea rose tea was a little redundant. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rose tea and is delightful. And I did, um, I did add a touch of honey from my little honey pot. If you have not seen my honey pot, you must get it. It is the most adorable thing. It is the most delightful thing to kind of swoosh it around and then pick it up and then squirt it in your tea and you're not squirting it's like dripping into your tea so you put bits of honey in your tea bits i don't know if it's bits it's like a little drips? bit of drips of tea of honey drizzles you got that drizzles it's you, drizzles. It drizzles and you got that cool little honey pot stick with yeah. the slots mm-hmm. yeah it's cool That's anyway cool. got it at tarjay people tarjay mm-hmm. so julie yes dan Who is our guest today? Okay. Our guest today is the incomparable and phenomenal Lauren D'Angelo. Lauren is part of the team that um, taught me to be a yoga teacher. She was my yoga teacher certification teacher. Hmm. Hmm, That's a mouthful. I'm into mouthfuls today, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Maybe you need to edit that out, but or keep it. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> we may lose listeners, but I'm not editing it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Lauren D'Angelo, this is how I met her. I got certified as a yoga teacher, uh, as, a, as a yoga teacher through Breathe for Change, mm-hmm. which is an amazing organization. I also got a certification as a facilitator in social emotional learning. And Breathe for Change does amazing things in training teachers and helping them create a mindfulness practice that they can bring back to their classrooms and schools. And they're changing the world one teacher at a time. I love the certification. Lauren, actually, um, she is the one who I had to perform my final exam for, and she passed me. Did you have a name for your final exam? Did I have a name? My asana final. I thought I thought you could have named it Yogotronic. Listen, it was I okay. Sorry, that's a Gen X reference for those Mm. people out there. Oh, by the way, I was on a millennial adjacent podcast this week. Did you listen? Yeah, I did not listen. I will now. Mm -hmm. You're millennial adjacent? I am millennial adjacent. What does that mean? Does that That mean you're either a Gen Xer or a Gen Y guy? It means I am a Gen Xer Hmm. with... Millennial tendencies? Millennial tendencies, yes. I'm an early adopter in most things. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, you should listen to the podcast. It's very good. But going back to Lauren... And going back to my asana, my final exam for for yoga. Oh my Is that god! How you pronounce it? Asana, yeah. It's not asana. 
Okay, whatever. I'm not from this country, so I'm allowed to not say that correctly from time to time. <laughs> just curious. I might be wrong. I might be incorrect. Okay, so when I did my final exam, we broke down the, the yoga flow routine into three parts. The beginning, the middle, and the end. And I collaborated with two other ladies, my peers, mm. my girlfriends, my my yayas. And uh, we... So we each took a part and ran a yoga class, and but we constructed the whole flow together. And I did the beginning, and I was everything was going fine. And of course, I did, I did have a couple mistakes. One is that I could not remember my left and my right, and I've always had that issue. I know you're shocked by this. <laughs> and then, for instance, I would start a flow and say, okay, you want to bring your right leg. And then I would be like, oh, which leg did I say before? And then, yeah, so that was confusing. Um, and then the other thing that I messed up is that I was supposed to do three or four different positions. And then I blanked out. And I was like, oh, I forgot what that one is. Okay, I'm going to turn it over to the next person. Okay. So there we go. But I passed. And... Lauren was very gracious and she knew that I was nervous, which I typically don't get nervous in this kind of thing. I mean, when do you know me to go be nervous, speaking, performing, talking in front of people? Rarely. Rarely. That's correct. But I don't know what the heck was wrong with me. And maybe because it was hot in the middle of the summer, maybe because I was tired. But it was amazing. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever done. And uh, Lauren and I talk a little bit about, actually, no, we talk a lot about what does practicing yoga mean, how to get started. And for those people that maybe are thinking, oh, I don't want to listen to this. I'm not into yoga. Yoga is not my thing. Here's the thing. I used to think that. And believe it or not, there's a lot of parallels with yoga and life. So check it out. Listen to the conversation because it's got, it's more than just yoga. It's more about how to show up for life and how to show up individually and learn some of the things and the tools that will help you be more present and mindful and more at ease. And without further ado, my friend, Lauren D'Angelo. Thank you for coming to the Casa of the Confidence. I am super excited to have one of my yoga mentors here, someone that I just grew to love and admire last year when I met her when I was going through my yoga certification. She is a badass woman and super like inspiring and in everything that she's doing. She's got a great journey. And I just love the fact that Lauren D'Angelo has agreed to be on the podcast today. So Lauren, why don't you tell us about you, what you're doing and what you're up to. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Julie. I am proud to be here and I am so proud of you and everything that you have been up to too. (laughs) It's been amazing. What a journey you've had the last year as well. Insane. I would have never had you told me back a year ago in in August when we met, this is what I would be doing. I'd be like, you're crazy, but this is the world, right? You're doing it. Look at you. Yeah. So I am... I've been teaching yoga for, it's like 15 years now, and I've been practicing for, it's 20. It's about, Mm. you know, years or so. So a long time. Um, You know, there was definitely a little bit through my journey in fits and spats where I would kind of put it down for a little bit and then revisit it. But 
you know, I think for the last, I would say seven years, it has been definitely transitioned from the physical asana of just the movement and the practice to truly a way of life and trying to take the practices off of the mat into all the facets. And to be honest with you, when you look through life with that lens, um, it's completely changed the trajectory, which I know, you know, it's totally changed Mm. the trajectory of my life and the direction that I want to go. My journey, especially just like you, it's so funny. We have a lot of parallels. This year has just, um, it's been like a hard left turn, but in the best way, (laughs) (laughs) if that makes sense. Absolutely. yeah. So I've been, you know, my background is, uh, you know, I started, I've always been active. Health and wellness has always been really important in my life. Uh, I grew up playing, you know, field hockey as an athlete. I, when I went into college, I had a bout of insomnia and for whatever reason discovered that running was the solve um, to sleep again. So I started to run And then when I decided to train and run my first Boston Marathon, I found my way into a yoga studio here in Boston, Massachusetts, Mm. which unbeknownst to me at the time, to be totally honest with you, way back then, it it was about 20 years ago now, um, you know, Boston at the time was known as being a hub for, for yoga and at the time, you know, you can imagine 20 years ago, it just wasn't as prominent as it is now. I've really uh, been surprised and delighted to see how much it has grown across the United States, but even here in Boston and just in general. So I I knew automatically the very moment that I took my very first class uh, that I wanted to be a teacher. And very soon after that, I signed up for my first teacher training. And then my journey went on to uh, continue to be educated for, I want to say it was like a five-year journey. So I took a 100-hour and then I I ended up skipping 100 hours in there and I took a 300 hours because I had a mentor at the time who uh, I practiced with on a very regular basis. And she was like, I really think that you can move into the 300. And then just through my journey of being out in California, I lived out there for a year and I lived in Baltimore for a year, I decided to kind of go backwards and go back and do my 200 hour, which was really impactful. So it was kind of this, this, you know, zigzag, which, Uh you know, most of our journeys are not a straight path. They're they're very crooked. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. That ended up being how I became educated. And through that journey, I really was able to hone in on the areas of my passion for, for teaching and, and, you know, what it is that I specifically focus on. And for the most part, it it really is about creative sequencing, putting together the poses in a way that feels almost like a dance Mm. uh, and also working, you know, moving towards working with those that are getting themselves through trauma, anxiety, depression, working through emotion um, and and whatever it is that their mind might be telling them from a story Mm -hmm. standpoint, those are really the two areas that I've honed in on uh, significantly. So, so significantly to the point that when COVID hit back in March, 
I decided to apply to uh, get my master's in social work. And so I began that journey in September mm. actually, on my birthday. So I'm, I'm almost, I'm actually more than halfway through my first semester in Yay. my MSW, which has been a whirlwind, but I've learned so much. I love that parallel that you started a new journey on your birthday, because that's the same thing that I did with this podcast. I launched it on my birthday. I was just telling somebody that when Dan got me the podcasting equipment, and it was something that I always said I was going to do, and I thought, oh, someday, someday. Um, but when I was having this big birthday and we were under quarantine, he um, he knew that the fact that the birthday party I'd been planning wasn't happening, uh, he needed to distract me. So he got me this podcasting equipment and surely I th- I know that he thought I would launch somewhere in the summer and yeah. then when I said oh we'll launch on my birthday which was three weeks from or less than that maybe he was like oh my gosh and um but I I wanted to do something significant right and and yeah. I think I am um I, I, I guess I, I learned this from my maternal grandmother who dates were always significant to her and, and, and the, the rituality of dates and commemorating events and things and just building them together. So I, I, I knew that I needed to do that and I, I pushed, right? It wasn't perfect, yes. but it was done and I needed to take that leap. So I love that you also took a leap on your birthday. Yeah, I mean, I I think one of the things that I have really learned is, especially this year, is sometimes, you know, good enough and just showing showing up. Mm, absolutely. And it's so much of it, right? Like just showing up. I remember on my birthday being really nervous and I felt a little tired. You know, I think through COVID, everybody has had like mm-hmm. up and down days, right? Where days where yeah. they're like, my energy's fine. And then right. like a week later, they're like, I just feel emotionally and physically and all the exhaustions. Right? So I hear you <laughs> on my birthday. I happened to be having one of those like downswing days. And um, I just decided, you know what? I'm, of course, I'm going to show up. I'm just going to turn this camera on and I'm going to meet the classmates and meet my professor and almost instantaneously the professor that I have, her doc, her name is Dr. Sherlina Thomas. And I, I really enjoy her a great, great deal. She started to talk about self-care. Mm. It was one of the very first things that she talked about and um, about, you know, what's happening with COVID and ensuring that as a social worker or just as a human, oh, that you are taking sure. time for self-care. And we spent essentially the entire first class just talking about that. I think that that's so, um, and again, I, I believe in the, you know, the signs that sometimes things just align and, and it's a confirmation that that's where you needed to be that day. And yes. sometimes we, we allow ourselves, I believe, to, um, let that voice like, oh, it's, it's, forget it. Don't do it. Don't show up. And we, we allow those self doubts or inner critic to, speak a little louder than the person that is committed than the person that is motivated to be in a spot. Right. Yes. And those are the times that we self-sabotage, but a- pushing through sometimes is the best thing that we can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I definitely have had moments throughout the semester where I've thought to myself, I'm 43 years old. What am I doing going after my second master's, right? Because I, I had gotten my MBA some time ago when I was in the corporate world. And I, I, I look at my school books and my schoolwork and I just think, 
what am I doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but then sure enough, to your point, I show up or I open up the reading and I start to read. And lo and behold, there is some sort of connection back to yoga or the practice, the, the eight limbs. It's, it's incredibly wild how there is such a parallel path between this idea of social work and the work that social workers do and what we learn through yoga and, and the practice of yoga and, and caring for ourselves and listening for our, to ourselves, right? Listening to that inner voice, taking the pause, um, understanding what mindfulness is. There's so much, there's so much to it. For so. sure. There's a couple things that you said, and I and I wrote them um, down, and, and um, I wanted to kind of go back a little bit to them, because I think that these things really resonated with me. So my first introduction to yoga was um, with my uh, late ex-mother-in-law, and I don't want to call her ex, because, you know, although she, I'm not married to Mark anymore, um, she was an amazing influence in my life, and I met her when I was 25, and um and I, I, I'm going to get emotional just thinking about her because she loved yoga. She must have been in her late 60s when I met her and she practiced every day. She would go Thursday nights to a class and I just, and she's like, oh, you're going to love it. Come, you used to dance. And I was like, yoga, like no way. And, and I grew up in a very, um, in, in, in the Catholic Church. And at times, you know, some religions tend to, we, we create these, these misconceptions of each other and of different things that we don't understand. And I remember, um, the school of thought and not necessarily the Catholic Church, but many of the people that I was surrounded with is like, Oh, you don't want to do that. It'll, you don't want to become Buddhist and they're going to try to. And I was like, what? And, and, and again, I was sort of again, 25 trying to explore yeah. that. And, and I thought, I don't know if this is for me, you know, whatever. And, um, I went with my sister to, I, there was a gym and then I decided I was going to go to a class with my sister at this gym and the yoga instructor, he was so hot. <laughs> he was so hot. I'll never forget this experience. And my sister probably will kill me for sharing this, but I don't think she'll be listening necessarily to this episode, but we go to this class and she's younger so she must have been 19, right? Because I was 25. And this guy again, I'm like, oh, okay. And we're sitting toward the back. And I'm not a student that usually goes to the back. I always sit in the front, um, front and center, especially for anything. But for this class, she didn't want to go in the front. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in the back. And I really didn't know what half of the stuff is. And my first class. And as a great yoga instructor, he was providing an assist. And yeah. he's going and, you know, giving you feedback. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's not bad, whatever. And um, we get to a point, I don't even know what we were doing. But he went to help my sister with a stretch. I guess her knees were on her belly. And he pushed the knees. He's like, it's okay if I help you and pushed her knees in. And then she like lets out a loud I, fart. I knew right? you were going to say this. And my sister is like, I, I mean, like, even now, she's so anti-yoga because of this. She was mortified. <laughs> Being the good sister that I was, I started to laugh, and I could not just contain. And then it was like the kind of thing where, and he he was so funny, because, and it was right in his face, because he had bent down to help her. So that yeah. even was more mortifying. And 
I I remember that um, he's like, oh, it's okay. It's the body just releasing. And of course, that was like, wah. So, <laughs> so my sister never went back to yoga. I never continued in the path of yoga at that point because no one would go with me. And, and, then, and then I was afraid, like, oh, my God, what if this hot guy again makes me fart? And just like she did for my sister. <laughs> so I resisted. And then when I moved to Manhattan, I... Um, I used to watch people across the street at the Vikram yoga near my apartment and like, oh, someday I'll do that. Someday I'll do that. And I would never do it because I created this whole story about what yoga is and what it's not. Yeah. And it wasn't until four years ago that I started to practice a little more. And I don't even know how I got into it, honestly. And I started to just, I, I, I was in the process of, um, struggling with my, with my autoimmune. And my body felt terrible and I wanted to, I couldn't do some of the stuff and physical stuff that I could do before. So yeah. I started to incorporate some of the yoga because I, oh, I guess it was when my dad died. He, he was told, um, he, he was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis oh. and Sjogren's, which is what I have leads to rheumatoid. And one of the recommendations from my, my specialist is yoga. And I thought, yeah. okay, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's that's how. But I, I do see the parallel of yoga being a dance. And I think that people don't um, see that in a it's way a because it's like they they they, you know, they concentrate on doing something perfect. Yeah. And it's not about the perfection, but if it's about the flow of the movement. Absolutely. And, and I think you can even parallel it to a dance in many ways, right? Yes, absolutely. From a physical perspective, but even the mind, you know, I, when you're much of the objective is to create a connection between your mind and your physical body when you are on the mat and then, you know, spiritually, yes, of course, but not necessary, especially at first, because there's already so much going on. Um, but I do believe that through time, the spirit has a way of, you know, sneaking in and, and being really uplifted from the connection between the mind and the body. But my observation is others believe that the mind is supposed to stop sending you thoughts and stop thinking and completely go silent and still. And that is actually not the, (laughs) yes, it's impossible A and B, that's not the the point. That's not the objective. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm. it really is this dance of, if you think about it, this like in and out coming in and observing and letting it kind of release and flow back out to where it is it wants to go. And then coming back in and focusing on the breath and then letting your mind drift off to where it is it wants to go. And so it's it's this in and out and this back and forth. And it's through those little blips of just allowing yourself to train and steady your mind that through time, the coming in, it stays longer and longer. Whether or not it feels that way, it does. Um, You know, I work with a lot of individuals one-on-one and two minutes is is my starting point. If you can just sit in silence for two minutes, I'm not quite sure. I care what it is that you're doing during that time. But you need, you could be sitting still with your eyes open. You could be sitting on your back porch looking at the leaves or the snow falling or the rain falling, birds flying by, whatever it is, just sit still for two minutes. 
Um, and then build that up to five minutes and, and go from there. And I truly believe that you will, through time, all of a sudden notice a difference that you, it's kind of like overnight. I, I don't know how to explain it, but through time you look back and you're like, whoa, I, in the chaos, when things get tough, when I feel pressure, I am finding that my mind is not freaking out the way that it used to, or I'm finding that I'm able to stay a bit more steady. And that's the objective. That's the point, right? It's the steadiness through the calm and it's the in and the out. And it's not about perfection. And I will say that my experience is, um, it's definitely not the norm, I happened to step into a yoga room, a yoga space, and instantaneously fell in love with this practice. And, you know, I, I just like any good relationship, have had my ins and outs with it and ups and downs um, for sure. But I would say that for the most part, when individuals step into a yoga space, their first experience might not necessarily be the one that they need to take with them. Yeah. Just keep showing up for keep yourself showing up that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what we say a lot, right? Like just keep showing up, just keep trying. You don't really know until you try um, yep. and really try. Right. And that, that right. usually consists of doing it more than once. And I think right? that it's such a parallel for life too, because I think that our brains tend to say, Oh, this is so hard. I can't do it. I'm not good. Let me stop. That's and right. that's exactly how you are practicing yoga. You have to stick with it and say, Hey, it's hard. It's okay. I'm doing my best. Maybe yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't quite hit the pose, but just building yourself up to it. And this is how we do things in life as well, that yeah. we build ourselves up and we need to stick to them. Now, you yeah. said that you you have a master's, uh, an MBA, yeah. um, such a shift. What yeah. what led you to shift from someone who, you know, we, we tend to have a picture of what someone with an MBA and maybe <laughs> where were you in your career and how did you make the evolution? Well, there was one point in my life where I was that probably picture of what it is that people imagine that have the MBA. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I really love and adore that part of my life. And um, I'm grateful for every single moment of it. I originally, when I started out in college, my major was psychology. And I, I knew that that was the path I wanted to go. And then because I went to a liberal arts school, there was this one semester where I had to take a business course. And just like life, teachers are so wildly impactful that I had a teacher, a professor. He brought real life examples of being a product manager and working on marketing and product marketing into the classroom. And I fell in love. I just fell in love with this idea and this concept of cre creating an emotional connection between a product and the individual. And so after school, so that was my sophomore year and I made this shift from, I was still a psychology major, but I decided to uh, minor in marketing. And there's, a, again, a really large connection between psychology and marketing, uh, which I think we all know. Yeah, totally. Um, and so after school, I, I went into uh, 
active wear, athletic apparel as a product manager. I started off my career at Reebok and I worked there for seven years. And so my journey from there led me to work for another, a a bunch of other larger brands throughout the Boston area, even California. Um, And I finally landed in Baltimore where I spent time working for, for Under Armour. And then after that time, I, all through, all the while, by the way, all the while my yoga journey was kind of interwoven in there. Um, all the while, you know, after that time at UA, I kind of knew, okay, I'm burnt out from this. I didn't feel like I was having an impact on others' lives the way that I wanted to. And I think, you know, this happens a lot. I feel somehow eventually the circle ends up coming back to instinctively something that we knew long ago that we ended up kind of bypassing, right? So this this idea of psychology and helping others through their journey uh, really started to come back into my life. And I'm grateful for every single piece of it. You know, I, for whatever reason, happen to be a person that people will journey their way to and connect with and, and start to ask questions about and ask for help through, through what it is that they're going through, you know, by stepping onto their mat or stepping into the classroom or, you know, there were even times where we would practice mat to mat next to each other. It wasn't necessarily me being the teacher. That's one of my favorites, by the way, you know, is when we can actually be next to each other going through it together. And so I started to really feel as if, yes, I had a certain amount of tools to help individuals, but I wanted more tools to help. Um, And then when COVID hit, and I I had been feeling that way, probably close to two years, maybe three, when I met you last year, last summer, um, I definitely was feeling that way. And, And our journey together was extremely influential in me deciding to uh, pursue social work. I knew, yeah, I knew by being in that room of 80 plus school teachers that there was a dire need. And so that really led me down the path to where I am, you know, and I, I, I will say that there's been other things. I started to notice that in my teaching, one of the pieces of feedback that I was getting from students was I I am able to release so many emotions in class and I'm able to let go of things that I carry with me that feel super heavy. But then when I leave the classroom at times, I feel as if I need a little bit more. I feel so open and raw that like, I don't know what to do with it. And so that's when I really started to think about this idea of pulling together some sort of holistic practice is my, you know, like five, seven year journey and dream where we're able to incorporate yoga and, you know, this idea of social work together, right? Because yoga is a tool mm-hmm. through the journey of life. Yeah, I think that it in in uh, the first time that I heard and many, many people in the yoga, uh, in the yoga space will say it, but the first time I heard it, it was like if someone hit me with a board on my head and it's like how you show up to your mat is how you show up to everything else. Yeah. And I remember... 
I was sitting in this hot yoga class, really um, not giving myself grace. Yeah. Because I wasn't perfect. Yeah. And then I thought, is that really what I do? And, and, and I started to really evaluate that. And, and the journey um, took, I, I started to look outside of where I was and the areas in which I really um, try to be perfect and I'm not. And I realized that there is a need. And I think that I love how you're kind of marrying these two concepts of working with someone alongside in, in a yoga mat in the physicality of it, but also how we, we have to then in turn process what we're learning about ourselves outside of that physicality and, and everything is interconnected. If, if someone doesn't believe that your mind and your spirit and your intellect are interconnected, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you, you have to really yeah. explore and be open to the idea that, that, that it is all connected. Yeah, it is all connected. And, and I agree. I think how you show up for yourself on your mat when you get quiet is, without you even possibly knowing how you most likely walk through life, right? And so if you can develop this connection with yourself where you understand, oh, that's the emotion that comes up. That's how I feel when I get angry. That's that thing. Or, oh, that's how I feel when I feel vulnerable. That's that emotion. When you can really connect it, um, cause I think sometimes there's an assumption of that feeling that I'm feeling is anger when it's actually, maybe it's fear or that feeling I'm feeling is, 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 you know, sadness or jealousy when maybe it's more being vulnerable. Right. Um, so when you can really identify those things and understand them, I think that you become more connected with yourself. And when you can become more connected with yourself, I really truly believe that you walk through life having a better understanding of other people's reactions. Because think about it this way. If you're constantly, and we are, if you're constantly reacting to somebody else's action towards you, it's like a it's like a force that's constantly in force and in motion. It's like a ping pong that just keeps pinging back and forth. But if you can be the one to be like, okay, I just caught this reaction. I just caught it. And now I'm going to hold it. And I'm going to actually choose that space between when that reaction came to me and what I send back out. That's where you start to be a game changer on the planet, walking day in and day out, right? That's when you're like, okay, I just, I just caught that. And I ch completely changed the trajectory of what that could have led to by taking the pause, trying to be empathetic and connect with, okay, that person is saying this to me because they possibly feel this way. Let me see if I can go back to them and understand better what it is that's happening. Um, you, you form dip, deeper connections with people when you do that when you um, are able to essentially like put down your guard and not be super defensive and, and don't get me wrong. I, you know, I am a big believer that there are, you know, unfortunately individuals where we do have to set those boundaries. I'm not suggesting we do this with everybody, but I do believe that there are ways through where you can, you can create the, the, the change that is really, really needed. 
Oh, I, I, I so agree with you. And, you know, it's it's funny because I everything that you're talking about, to put it into the context or, or showing or, 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 or giving the listeners an example, right? So the pause for me is something that I struggled with for a long time. And I realized, like, especially in a marriage and in a relationship, which is one of the closest relationships that you have, Dan was actually... Um, not in the best of moods a couple days ago because there were some layoffs at his job. And mm. although his job was secure, he was very, um, I guess, d- upset about the people who are, are transitioning out and the way that yeah. everything has been happening, you know. So um, he came home and he needed to decompress and he went and, and then um, he decided, I don't even know what happened. And, and like he said something and he's like, I'm going to bed. And it was like seven o'clock. Normally that kind of thing. First, the caretaker and me like, Oh, what's wrong? What do you mean? Oh my God. And then the other thing that I would have reacted is, um, you know, like, Oh, taking it personally <laughs> or yes, like, what do you mean? Oh, or like, don't just yeah. push right through that, you know, come and talk to me about it or whatever. Right. And I realized that I needed a pause. I needed to pause and, and, and I, and, and I, I not be on and in his space. I needed yeah. to let him do and be okay. And I can only control me. I can only control yeah. and, and I needed to give him grace. Yeah. And that's something that yoga has really taught me that here I am. This is my space. Things yeah. are happening that happen. And okay, do your thing. I will hold space for you and, right. and not react or act or, or even, you know, jump into the tendency that I have to care yeah. and, and make it or, or fix him. Fix. Right. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, no, I, the other, I had a very similar example recently, and I'm not even really quite sure where it, it started from probably, you know, total honesty, the election and you know, being a yoga teacher through these times, I would never trade it for the world. I love it, yeah. but it has its challenges. Of course. Um, you know, continuing to hold space through this year has been heavy at times. And I, the last few weeks, well, a couple of weeks ago, I'm through it now. I just kept waking up with this feeling that um, I also grew up Catholic and it, it was like a feeling of guilt that like somebody was angry at me because I did something wrong mm. and I didn't know where it was coming from or who was possibly upset with me or what it was that I did wrong. I just had this like feeling in my belly that like, I, I had failed at something or I was in trouble. I was in trouble. That was really the emotion I was feeling. And I didn't, I wasn't really quite sure where it was coming from. And I, I think that my actions towards others at the time, because I was feeling that way was quite, they were, it was defensive because I felt, I think vulnerable. I felt very like, oh, I'm in trouble. I, I felt guilt and Again, no idea where it was coming from, but I started to notice that I was lashing out at others and I wasn't being my best self. I mm-hmm. wasn't really taking that step back. And, you know, I had a coworker just call me and be like, hey, like I just wanted in the best way. She was like, I just wanted to like check in with you and like make sure that you knew that we would not be able to do what it is that we do for work mm-hmm. without you. And 
Mm. and we really need you. And I hope that you're not feeling, you know, as if you're like off on this island because we Mm. all really care about you so much. And in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I definitely am doing that thing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like I definitely am building up these walls. Right. And so, you know, that was a couple of weeks ago. And I, t- I spoke to the same person yesterday and I, I just said to her, I was like, I feel so much better now that you came to me in the best way. And it wasn't in, in one of those ways where, and I think this is where approach really does have a lot to do with it. She came to me in a way where you could see and feel even through the screen, the genuine concern and authenticity mm. of, Hey, like, are you all right? Like, let's just have a moment and talk versus I do think that there is the ability for people, especially in the corporate working world to come to the table and make it seem as if like, Hey, listen, like, are you all right? Because basically you're not getting your job done. Right. Like where, do you know what I mean? There's a difference in tone. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so the issue wasn't that I wasn't getting my work done. The issue wasn't that I wasn't performing. It was that Lauren wasn't being Lauren. And so somebody genuinely cared enough about me Mm -hmm. to reach out to be like, I just want to check in because it's been an absolutely whirlwind of a year. You just started school. You, you know, you, you hold space. And, and it really, my point is it, it, that five minute conversation has it has changed the the last two weeks of my life. And I know that it will continue to, to roll that way because somebody took the time out to be like, Hey, listen, I just want you to know that like, of course you're loved and you're cared for. Um, And I think that we're, when we allow ourselves that space and that time, I mean, when she called me, she obviously put herself in a very vulnerable position Mm. by saying, I'm just going to, I'm going to reach out this olive branch and I hope that you don't cut it down. (laughs) Um, I really received it with that grace. I appreciated it. And so I think that's the whole point is when we can become mindful and we can observe what it is that's happening we're better able to identify it in others outside of us. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that right now, more than ever, more than ever, the world really needs it. I really believe yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's exactly it, that I think that we need, we sometimes shy away from conversations that make us uncomfortable because we are afraid of how they're going to be received. And we're also afraid that maybe it's not our place to say something. And we, we take away the gift that that conversation can give to somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I love that you Mm -hmm. just said that. I think it's so often we think to ourselves, Oh no, that's not my place. And you know what? Maybe it's not, but that doesn't mean that you can't approach the situation and say, hey, listen, like, I just, I just want to check in, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always here to hold space for you and, you know, maybe say it, maybe right. this isn't my place, but I want to let you know that I'm here, you know, and, and that coworker that called me, I know that she was feeling that way. Right. I know she was like, this probably isn't my this, role, right. but I'm going to hold, I'm going to do this anyway. That's a great way um, to be confident, I think, is, is to know that if you have that in, inside little tug at your heart 
about something that it's okay to put yourself out there. And it's an end. Here's where I have done it and I've done it poorly. I, I have come from a place of, I know better. So I'm going to teach you, right? So you have to really one, know that you're doing it from a pure, intentional, loving place. And then it can't be about you. It has to be about the other person. That's right. And and that's the big lesson. And and I have continued, and obviously I'm a work in progress, but this is something that I continue to to hope that I can achieve and work at doing better because we it's need to have these conversations. Oh, and you just like nailed it on the head, like honestly. And I think that's that's where the shift really started to happen for me from corporate into, you know, the world that I really want to enter is that if we can approach life every day Mm. when we work with people that, you know, are gracious enough to service our coffee in the morning through a drive through every part of our life. If we can approach it in an empathetic manner in that this individual deserves happiness and to feel love Mm -hmm. just like me, I believe that we can completely change the game. You know, I think that if we walk through life and it's, you know, this person doesn't deserve it or, the, or we don't even consider it, right? If we don't even consider that part, right. that's where we miss it. We miss that ability to think to ourselves, you know, here's a really good example. I remember when we were approaching, you know, shutdown here in Boston back mm-hmm. in March, I went grocery shopping. And at the time I had a puppy. Truman was only, I think Truman was only like, I don't know, maybe four months old. He was little and I could not find. And so I was like a new nervous Nelly puppy mom. <laughs> puppy mom <laughs> right? like, yeah, yeah, I was there. like, how am I going to survive lockdown with a puppy? And so I needed to get him more kibble, more food. <laughs> and so I went to two different pet supply stores and they were completely out of puppy food. By the time I arrived at the third one, I was like, as you can imagine, sweating and welling up and just very like, very stressed out. And so I walked into the, I walked into the Petco, the woman who was there working, who knew that she was risking, you know, her health at that point was very aware that I was in distress. And she, she said to me, Hey, you know, what, what's going on? And so I described what was happening and mm-hmm. I said, you know, Truman is on this very particular type of food and you, everybody seems to be out of it. And so she very graciously had said, listen, he can eat this type, which was very similar to it. And she said, he's going to be fine. You know, he'll be okay. Like his belly might get a little bit upset, but, and in that moment, I, I thought to myself, this woman doesn't have to be here right now, right? Mm -hmm. She does not have to take the time to help me with my puppy or me who she's never met Mm -hmm. during essentially a global pandemic where everybody was losing their minds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that those little moments have always stuck. They stick with me. They really, they really stick with me because they're good reminders of how other humans can go out of their way and she, it probably to her, she was like, I was just doing my job. But to me, uh, it was something that I'll remember for, probably for life because 
Global pandemics don't happen every all nope, the time. <laughs> they do not. And, <laughs> so. and here's the thing, and I think that I go back to, I've talked about the book so many times on this podcast, I'm sure people are sick of me, but the four agreements, right? That is, we have to, if we go into it with the perspective that everyone is doing their best. Yes. Whether they're not or not. Yes. Everyone is doing their best with who they are and what they have. In that moment. In that moment. Right. In, in that, that moment. moment. Yeah. So yeah. this, that, that thought is a, it's an anchor to being able to navigate things. Yeah. And if you can revisit it, it also allows you to not make assumptions. And the next time around that person comes around, right? If you can, if you can approach it with, okay, this is a clean slate. I'm going to wipe it clean and I'm going to approach this you know, especially individuals who you may have had strained or difficult relationships with, where is it, if you're able to find the grace to say, I'm, I'm not going to use those previous um, interactions as a guide or a North Star for what our future interactions are going Absolutely. to be. How can you use it as a way to say, that is now in the past. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. That is a moment in time. Right. And I will not allow that that perception in my in my mind to dictate how this new path is going to go forward. Oh, agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah. Um, Lauren, I I want to just ask you as as because you're one of those experts that I believe in the in this space. You work for Yoga Alliance. If someone wanted to start a journey with yoga, if they wanted to sort of dip their toe in the water, maybe they thought, oh, yoga is not for me. I'm more of a whatever, right? But maybe they're intrigued. How can they? And what would you recommend? Yeah, so there's a there's a good few ways I would I would suggest. Um, Right now, finding uh, yoga classes in studio tend to be a bit more difficult. Uh, I would highly recommend taking a look at yoga classes online, you can uh, support your local studios. I would really, really encourage, you know, Google yoga studios in my area. Uh, If they're offering online classes, please support your local studios. They really need it now more than ever. Yeah. Um, Start there. And then if you're looking for you know, mindfulness, really sitting down and practicing ways of becoming quiet, watching your your mind or just in silence. Uh, I highly recommend Yoga Nidra, which is yoga sleep, it translates to. And it's a body scan. And one of the reasons why I recommend starting with this is because the voice that you'll hear will give you a very specific part of your physical body to focus on. And oftentimes, if we can start by training our mind just to focus on one thing at a time, we're better able to sit still. Uh, I work sometimes with first responders. Uh, I work with people who have suffered or are working through PTSD I plan on that being a very large focus with my social work, uh, dealing with trauma. And I know through the scientific research and the studies that are out there that yoga nidra is one of the key ways that those that are working with trauma can really help to steady their mind. So start there. Uh, You can can Google search those. I teach a yoga nidra. 
Sunday nights at 8.30. And I'll put that in the show notes. Yep. And then I'll also be getting, uh, be starting one in December on Friday afternoons. So I'll send you those. Yeah. Yeah, The Friday afternoon, I'm really excited about it. It's just like a really nice decompression after the week. I think it's going to be a really nice, uh, just a really nice way to end, end the week. So I'll send you both of those. Yeah. I love that. Those are the two ways I would say. And, 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 sit in silence. Like if, if you're like, I'm not even motivated enough to find either of those seriously, make your tea or coffee in the morning and sit down near a window and just watch, just watch. Just watch. Absolutely. Oh, so, so it's, it's, um, it's a gift to be able to, because that moment that you sit in silence will never come back. Yes. That moment. And I, you're making me want to go sit in my sun den, even though it's a little chilly in there. Uh, I'm going to see if that heater that Dan got is actually even going to make it warm enough for me to sit out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So, Lauren, what a fun pleasure and treat to have you here. I could talk to you forever. You're welcome to come back anytime. I know that everything that you've talked about really resonated. You and I, um, you, you helped, uh, facilitate, uh, the play experience for, for some of the ladies that are in my group. And they, the, the conversation really resonated. If anybody's interested, let me know. I can, uh, send you the recording to that, but you really are full of wisdom, full of knowledge. And thank you for passing and letting me pass my yoga. Absolutely. <laughs> my certification. And, and um, I want to continue to grow. It's sort of like been, I've been harboring the thought, okay, what's next in that? So, but really, well, you're doing was, it. I mean, I, I really appreciate and love watching you grow and, you. you know, trust your journey because you're definitely on it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it shows and I'm quite sure that others who have been following your journey can they can see it. Oh, so thank I'm you. super proud of you. Yes, thank of course. You. I'll always be here. Let's connect. Yeah, soon. Let's, and, and, and we didn't talk about half the other stuff that you're doing because you 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 you're a philanthropist. You are. Oh amazing so um let's connect on the yoga mat people maybe we'll we'll put all the information and we'll promote your next uh, big uh, yoga gathering and maybe we'll get a group of confident dreamers to go after it okay i love it yes sounds wonderful have a really good weekend julie thank you you too all right i will talk talk to you soon bye bye i was so grateful this past year actually two years ago when you brought me to yoga for the first time. Mm. Um, it, it was a good practice. I'm like, I can't do those moves. I can't do that and this and that and that and this. And I'm going to hurt myself. And I mean, most most men are like, rah, 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 that's you know, got to throw some weights around. Rah, rah. You go to a yoga class that's kind of, that's half halfway or moderately or even beginner level, and you've never done it before. It'll kick you behind. But hmm. the reason I went to this class with you is because it was a restorative yoga class. Mm, do you miss that? It was delightful. I do miss that. And, and oh, it really, it was really. a wonderful practice. It really helps, especially with, I've got tall man disease, which means lower back pain. Mm. And uh, it really does wonders for that. Yoga is an amazing thing. And here's 
what the misconception is for many, that you need to bend and be bendy and flexible. But that's not what yoga is about. Yoga is just, it could be just sitting on your mat and breathing. Your practice is your practice. Mm. His practice is his practice. Her practice is her practice. The great thing about yoga is you have modifications of different Mm -hmm. things that you can do and you progress at your own rate and at your own level. And you, you listen to your body. You're mindful of it. You go where it can go and you push it into places at times where it couldn't go before. You push. Right. I do, but eventually your body will go to those places where it couldn't go in the past and there's no rush. Mm. It's just, it's just what you do and what you work towards. Uh, I miss that studio. We had an amazing studio here in Hartford. It was an old warehouse building and the studio was on the top floor facing south and east and south and west so you can see the sun setting so when we went to a 6 p.m class you could see you know just gently um the sun starting to set and there was this like mystical sort of feeling with the lights dimming and um i loved it i loved it and i miss it and um I agree a little bit. Yeah, and that's why I chose to get the white flowy curtains in my Zenden because they remind me of the studio. Anyhow, so so did you enjoy your time with Lauren? Yeah, I, I, you know, I got a little teary. I'm sure if everybody listened to that Mm -hmm. uh, to the episode, they'll hear. I did get a little teary thinking about um, Arlene. Who first introduced me to yoga? Not my friend Arlene, but my late, um, I, I hate saying ex, late mother-in-law from my f- practice spouse. Really? Mm. I didn't know what to say. Your dear friend, who happened to be my mother-in-law from my first marriage. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Was that? Did I do that well? You wordsmith that very nicely. Did Thank I? you. Okay, very good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so for sure. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, I was, I was, um, sneak peek. One of the chapters in the book, in my book talks about this amazing woman. So you're going to have to, uh, sort of stay tuned to see. Ooh, I didn't even know that tidbit. You did not know that tidbit, did you? I did not. That's wonderful. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and I talk a lot about, you know, how I feel that part of her physicality and her practicing of yoga allowed her to grow in confidence and become the kind of person that she was over the years. Cool. So, you have some exciting things coming up this week? I do. What am I doing this week? You're spending your life with me. That is exciting. Actually, no, you did have something very exciting happen yesterday. Your new baby arrived. Yes, my new baby arrived. It's not my child, it's just his. We spoke about this last week, actually. Did we? Yes, I I got my new golf driver. First time I spent real money on a golf club. My dad would be proud. (laughs) Mm hmm. 
So, yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. you got that going, and it's driving Yogi crazy. It's still in the plastic wrap, and I don't have the heart to open it. You take the plastic wrap off of everything that has plastic wrap. I'm not taking the plastic off of this until I'm ready to swing it. You know, you took the plastic wrap off of the new appliances. Maybe I need to pull this trigger for you. It really So if I go into somebody's house, that's a different thing. I can't use the golf club with the plastic wrap on. But if when I go into somebody's house and I go up and uh, it used to be VCRs or DVDs or whatever. Now you're dating yourself. You go, you go up to it. Go up to, like, say they have a receiver in the house. You know how they got the the ship, the film that's on the front of it that you're supposed to take off because it's just for shipping, and it's still on there. Drives mm. me crazy. <laughs> but you know what? That's their decision. But you'll never find any film on my stuff because it annoys me. Sadly. But you know what? What? It would keep the There's little last longer. away. Yeah. It's going to last longer. Anyway. So, anyway, I'm excited for you. How do we get on that topic? Oh, golf club, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Traced Dan, down the conversation. Yeah, there you go. D- uh, so, Yogi is going crazy because Dan has a cover for his. Yeah, my my, my, my buddy Mike got me a, a head cover. That's And that's the Sasquatch. It's a, it's a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, mm-hmm. Yeti, whatever you call it. Um, it's a Yeti head. Hmm. And it goes on the clothing. Driving Yogi, Yogi nuts. is going insane for this thing. He wants it so bad. Yeah. We're going, we'll put the video up. Yeah, put the video yeah, up. We'll That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> he just sits there and stares at it. Mm-hmm. And comes back. He cries at it. Then he comes back to us. He's, he looks at us, looks at it, cries. He, he just wants it so bad. I'm like, it's not yours, buddy. Well, and here's the thing. Is a thing. I am super excited though that you are working on this brand new um, found dedication to your sport. Proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Proud hey, of you. You know what? It's time to have a, a hobby. You know? Yeah, I'm proud of you. So let's Speaking uh, of hobbies. Yes. I'm also in talks with several people. Oh, it's yeah. more than a hobby. We keep talking about it, starting to get some head of steam. We talked, I talked about it a while ago and talking with several people about possibly helping them um, achieve their dreams of giving their word out and helping <clears throat> them create podcasts for themselves. Dan is becoming an on-demand producer. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're using your skills and talents. I'm proud of you. And I think that that's one of the things that we have to be open. We all think that maybe it's too late or we're not good enough. But the reality is that there's always a door that opens for you. And don't be afraid to dip your toes and go in and try it out. And you have gifts and talents that can be of service to somebody else. And all you have to do is be willing to say yes. Yeah, just remember, there's things that you know that others don't. Even if it's a little more. What? Sometimes we think you need to be an expert, but sometimes you don't need to be an expert. Maybe you just yeah, need but, to know no, so more. What, 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 I, what I was trying to say is sometimes you think that everyone knows what you know, and that's not necessarily I true. I agree. I, I'm not disagreeing with so you. It's, it's you, can, you can spread your knowledge and help and other people correct. achieve... Um, dreams that they uh, 
possibly were trying to bring to fruition. That is absolutely correct. So with that, we are going to close out. We are going to close out. We are not going to sing for you again. Wait a minute. We can sing. I don't want to sing. I want you to say this. Say, bum ba da bum ba da bum you must have me confused with a submissive wife. Just do that. Go ahead. No, I don't want to do that. Come on, it was in honor of Eddie Van Halen. It's Happy Trails from the Diver Down album. Eddie Van Halen sang Happy Trails? Van Halen did. David Lee Roth actually did. But oh, Happy Trails to you. You never heard that version? No. All right, never mind. We're not going to sing it. But I will be playing it for Julie in the car later. Because we are going to dinner to the Rouses. Of course. It's Sunday night. And it's Arlene's birthday. Weekend. Weekend. Well, it's technically her birthday month because you know me. I like celebrating people and their month. Anyway, thank you for joining us again at Casa de Confidence. Have an incredible week. And remember. Don't forget to go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.